Yo fam, welcome to Let's Go with Nick Pags. This series is intended to empower you to break through your self-limiting beliefs and step into your personal power. You're the only one in your way, so if you're ready to step up and out, this is your show. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Mr. Roger Rojas. What's going on? Welcome, bro. Thanks, Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for being here. So... This is Roger Rojas. This is a good friend of mine. We met through another friend of mine. He is uh, a videographer, photographer. He's really a jack of all trades. He's a business owner, entrepreneur. I'm going to let him do that low down. So Roger, take it away. Just give us like a quick spiel on what you do, where you came from, what, what's important for us to know about you. Love it. So first off, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I love that you're doing this. And Thanks, you know, I know it's a passion of yours to connect and speak to other people. So I think that's amazing. So in short, my name is Roger Rojas, I'm 25 years old, uh, Florida born, born and raised in Miami, Florida. I got into content creation through an internship I had with Gatorade mm-hmm. about three summers ago. Um, and then through that, I was given a camera by a good family friend. And one of his incentives was, hey, I'll give you this camera for free, but you have to create content. And so I said, sure, let's do this. So I came back to my school and I created my, one of my first official videos through my fraternity for a recruitment video. And then after that, I started making micro content for clubs, uh, sororities, a big fundraiser on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that time, a mutual friend of ours, Frankie, he was opening a, a gym in Tucko, New York, and he had sent me clips to edit for him. I said, okay, let's do this. So was, that was my first official paid gig. That was in a senior at Iona College in 2016. Wow. Um, and then from that, it was just a snowball effect. Um, I started working with trainers at his facility. And then from there, it was local businesses throughout Westchester. Um, and then I've been so thankful enough to now call him a partner with a barbershop we just co-founded in New Rochelle. Yeah, you did. So Woo. myself and three others, Ryan, Joey, and Frankie, uh, we opened it across the street from our alma mater in uh, Iona College. Nice. Yeah. And then I'm continuing this, working with influencers and athletes and business owners, creating content for them, whatever they need, let it be photo or video. Yeah. So Roger has done a lot of content for me. When I did my speaking, my first real big speaking engagement in Southern Methodist University, that was, that was a blast. He came and stayed with me, and um, it was a great experience. I got to learn a lot about how Roger works. He's just the type of guy that's get the job done. So it's why I thought of him right away to get on this podcast, because really what we try and do on here is get people motivated and inspired to do, you know, to just feel fired up to do what they want to do in their lives. So and when I think of Roger, he really is just a dude who's fired up to get the job done. I love that about you. Thank you. I think it's awesome. I also think that that's kind of a a faded art a little bit in our age group, unfortunately. Um, So I get excited when I meet other people who are fired up. It's not that it doesn't exist. I think that when I look at my parents' generation and even my grandparents' generation, it's a very different type of fire for people. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about and I want you to share with us is... I have asked Roger to do things for me the day before, minutes before, months before. I've never gotten a, nah, man, sorry, I can't do it. Not once. And it's been like 20 things, like over and over. And he just, he finds a way to commit. It's always a yes. So number one, I want to ask you, why do you continue to just jump on opportunities like that? Number two is, do you even recognize that you do that and what fires you up? funny you said that so first off i think it's more so understanding uh, my perspective so when i i came here from miami 
uh, one of my biggest things was pulling myself away from my family. Yeah. You know, I, I come from a great background. My family's always been supportive uh, financially with school in every way possible. Mm. Loving, very close. I'm one of five. And I was the first. You're one of five? I'm one of five. No yeah. way. Yeah, I'm the fourth. And I was the first one to officially leave the house. And I, I knew if I came to New York, I had to do something so big right. that I would have, one, no regret, and two, just make them proud. Yeah. Um, I'm very family-based. The, 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 that's probably the hardest thing about living in New York is not seeing my family. Yeah. But I do understand what I'm doing here um, and what I'm creating will create a, have a bigger impact later. Yeah. Uh, because what I wanted to do with like, support and just being together. And by coming here... I knew I need to constantly not only challenge myself, but like motivate myself. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't do it, that saying of like me not getting it done, no one's going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. Especially being in New York, that's the mentality. It's like get it done or move to the side and someone else will do it. Right. And through the relationship we've created because of our mutual friends, I, I knew that when I'm trying to do something from a place of like startup, anyone else that's in the same place, I, I need to kind of, you know, balance that to yeah. support them because mm -hmm. I do understand what it feels like to be alone. I know what it's under, I know what it feels like to not have that support, yeah. you know, where, you know, friends tell you, Hey, I got your back, but there's only a handful of people you can think of when certain things happen to you. Right. Yeah. And with Frankie one, you know, he's my best friend and he's hands down the one person's always believed in me mm -hmm. he believed in me before i believed in myself yeah i remember there was nights where i would be at home and when i was still in college and he was telling me to do all this stuff and i had no idea what i was doing i did i had a vision for it like i had the camera and you know there was people i looked up to on youtube yeah but he always seemed to see farther than what i saw awesome. always and i still remember those nights of me texting him thanking him and telling me hey i appreciate this opportunity yeah and i appreciate you being so supportive yeah and his constant thing was like, dude, I, I believe in what you're doing. Um, you know, that I have something here that's special with this gym that I'm opening up with two of my partners. Mm -hmm. And I want you to be a part of it. And so the, it was a mix of like that feeling of being a part of something slash motivating myself as I brought up my family. Mm -hmm. That was in the constant like mm -hmm. the back of my head. Um, and then that, that next level of like the accountability of someone believing you and saying, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to go good or bad, but the one thing I could do is just show up, right? Yeah. If I show up and get done what's needed, then I'll make the person happy who's requesting my service. Yeah. Um, and then through it all, I think I'm at a point now, it's funny you said that like constantly like the yes, yes. I'm actually at a point now where I'm, I really want to hone down on what I'm doing and feel that it's okay to say no to certain things. Yeah. 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 Because I can't, yeah. Because I can't, when I moved here and I made the decision post-grad, so I graduated college in 2016 in May, and I, when I made that decision to stay, I told myself, I will say yes to everything that comes to my door. Yeah, I Everything. Everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Yeah. I, you know, I took pictures at baby showers. I, I took pictures of like family parties, birthday videos, fitness videos, basketball, things I had never done before. Right. And I just said yes to them. And I think that was like the part of growing where there's a feeling of uncertainty, but at the same time, like belief, yeah. you got to have faith in yourself somewhat. You yeah. know, I, I brought up how I didn't have faith, but there was that, I had a shift when people start buying into what you're doing, yeah. how you said when you're constantly getting called, it's like, okay, I'm clearly doing something right. If people are constantly calling me to not only come back, but try on a new project. Right. Yeah. And so there was that shift. I want to say it was that summer. So yes, yeah, so it was that summer, May, June, July. I go home in August. And my family, by the way, when I decided to stay here, was completely against it. 
because I had really? a, a Catholic That's college, hard. yeah, Catholic college ed- education, and they told myself, hey, why are you working at a gym? Because right. at the time, my only client was Transform Fitness, <laughs> yep. the gym that you know Frankie co-owns, and they told me, hey, you didn't need to go to college to work there. You could have just not gone, yeah. saved money, and then worked there. And I said, no, it's just different. There was something about the environment, the culture. And so when I went home that August, I was still explaining to them what I'm doing, and mm-hmm. they still don't have a perception of it because this is early mid-2016 when Instagram wasn't as big as it is now. Yeah. Nowhere near. The largest platform was Facebook and Twitter and, and Snapchat. And Instagram wasn't where it was. So me explaining to him, they had no idea. Mm-hmm. And then it was probably around, probably like three, leading into the next year um, when I started traveling a little more for work. And they saw me and when I would call them to check in on them, hey, I was over here, hey, I'm over there doing different things, mm-hmm. that they started believing into it because they were saying I was supporting myself. So my, it was an inner joke within my family that I would come back within a year. Right. Uh, because I was supporting myself the day after I graduated. And you're still doing your Yeah, job. and I'm still doing that, yeah. And so through that with like rent, car, everything, they thought, you know, I would have gotten overwhelmed or maybe I couldn't have been able to do it. Right. Um, but yeah, I told them otherwise. It was that mix of... I had something on my back, you know, something to prove. Yeah. And so me constantly saying yes to opportunity, I felt like I was just opening more doors to do more, right? And that if I said no to something, I felt like, you know, God was presenting me with options and then to to build and yeah. I would be pushing them away. Yeah. Rather than I should take them on, right? And there's really no science behind when is the right time to say no. Like, I remember that shift with personal training i was working like with 50 clients a week that was crazy it didn't even make sense and it's not a productive way to work and i remember the the feeling of feeling overwhelmed for the first time and getting excited about that because that meant i was bringing in business and there was no perfect science or perfect time to just step away or slow down or say no because in the beginning, you take every opportunity. Right. And that's something I really admire about you. You took yeah. every opportunity and then you get some leverage and you start to say, well, this guy wants my time and this guy and this guy. So, you know, what do you want to pay for that time? Right. Or what are you willing to offer me? And the second thing I want to comment on, and this is huge, a really, really important idea, is that you, you mentioned earlier being connected with me, through Frankie and knowing what it feels like to live that entrepreneur lifestyle or to not have like a massive business built up and looking right. for some guy to come in, you helped the people at your level. Right. And I think that there's a there's something to be learned there because a lot of us are just looking up at the people on the higher rung and just scrapping to try and get, and a lot of what I've learned is go to the people with the most knowledge, the most success, the most notoriety and just essentially be their bitch like do whatever it takes to get in their space there's space for that but if all you're doing is neglecting the people around you i think you really lose connection because you and i are going to go run the world together when our time is right Right. and then if you were a dick to me the whole time and you didn't help me out at all i'm not going to want to collaborate or connect with you well i think that just goes back to the whole idea of just being one being you and just just being nice i don't know i just being a good person yeah being being a good person just being nice i When I grew up, my dad was so big on that. Like when I say the homeless guy, the mailman, the Publix worker is is a big supermarket down in South Florida, Publix. And anywhere we went, he was just so nice. Yeah. And he he always pushed that onto me. Yeah. And now, especially living in New York, you probably say it's a double-edged sword, right? Sometimes you're too nice to people and they could take advantage. But 
for me, it's, it's just been, that's just who I am, you know, yeah. just be nice. And that feeling of being alone, it's not fun. It's not, it's not something that someone looks forward to when they start their own business, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. And it's not something that they, they wake up and they're like, I'm aspiring today to make more money and be more alone. You know, it's not a right. thought, but it just happens. It's not spoken about. Right. And I think the biggest thing is realizing when, when you're doing something, that you may feel that not other people understand, it mm-hmm. becomes a lot harder, mm-hmm. right? You start facing things because the com- the topic of conversations, especially with social media, is your success. Yeah, it's not about the times that you were up against the wall. It's not about the times that you got chewed out by a client, right? Right. You said you had fifty sessions a week at one point, and I'm assuming your motivation was one, the given, which is you know currency. You want to make more money. Yeah. But two, you're like, if I'm filling up my schedule, I'm doing the best that I can and I'm clearly doing something right because right. people are buying into what I'm showing, you know, Absolutely. through phys- uh, personal training. And with those three components, you're like, hey, I'm busy. Hey, I'm making more money. But then the, the third component, which people laugh at, right, is like, am I really fulfilled, right? Mm-hmm. Do I feel that this is something that when I look back on, I'll be happy about because I was doing it to my best ability I was making the most money that I could. And I think that there's like a hidden soft spot in there that we all have those moments. I still remember it was like mid-2018 that um, I had a bunch of stuff going on. And I remember just going home one day and just like not wanting to pick up my camera for like two weeks. And it wasn't because I wasn't happy with my clients. It wasn't because I wasn't happy with the money I was making. It was just because I felt overwhelmed because I had my schedule filled. I, you know, I was making the most that I could, but I, I, I just felt overwhelmed with the constant simulation of like expectation right. and, um, people pressed upon you to like do more and, bi- you know, build, right. You, you get caught up in your yeah. head. And then of course the world of social media, you start comparing and jumping on there and thinking to yourself that, you know, what you're doing is never enough. Yeah. Right. There's that constant, like what challenging yourself to someone who's four years younger, that's making a lot more money, has a lot more attention. Yeah. And I, the reason I bring that up is because I really, anytime I get to do this, by the way, this is my second official podcast. Uh-huh. And I, I always want to push upon people because I get DMs all the time of, hey, man, I see you killing it. Hey, there's, you know, I see you collaborating with this person. That's great. But I never, you know, I never discussed the fact that there was moments where I didn't want to do what I was doing. Right. That there was a lot of jobs in between that kind of not got me to that point, but connected me. Right. It put me, say again. Careful hitting the table because oh. it's making it. It, it connected me with people yeah. that I never thought it would. And it was that it led back to that thing of just yes, saying yeah. yes to things. Yeah. And reminding people that it's never easy, right? If it was easy, everyone would, everybody do, it. would do it. Everybody would do it. Yeah. And it's very, very easy to compare yourself to other people when you only see what's, you know, as you said, looking up at the top of the mountain, right? Yeah. But there's like a whole backstory to everyone of like what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, but even more so, it's this idea, the Theodore Roosevelt quote of, um, comparison is the thief of joy. That's one level, but there's a, there's a quote by a, uh, an author. I want to say his name is John Acuff. That's what's coming to my head. I'm not positive, but that's it. But he says, don't, I'm going to butcher this. Don't compare someone else's middle to your beginning. So like there, there are plenty of guys and gals at 21 making a million dollars on an online business that they just murdered and killed it. Right that's their middle yeah. like and and me compare and it doesn't have to be someone older than you but me comparing myself to someone else's middle when i'm just getting started right everybody's at their own pace yeah so 
that comparison idea is wildly dangerous because that's what knocks us down. As entrepreneurs, as people who are starting their own thing, as people who are creating something, when you see it and no one else does, nobody can powder you on the ass. Like when you're creating a business that you have a vision for, and I'm in the middle of this right now, nobody can be there for me more than me. Right. They can say like, oh, I got your back. Oh, you're going to do great. But the truth is I have to hold myself up because do I'm the, the one with the vision. And then that means I'm putting the work in. I'm putting the hours right. in. You could hire everybody and their mother. If you're not doing the work, the work doesn't get done. Right. So I think that there's a lot to be said about that comparison idea because people will totally shut down. Like I've had yeah. days, really bad days. So man. have I. Don't get me wrong. I, I really, there, there's days or moments where I just, you know, want to disconnect. A part of me can't. And then the, it's a realization that I have to. Yeah. And there, the moments that I realize I have to is when I'm with my family. Because, again, I, I'm not surrounded by them as often as I would love to since I'm in New York and most of them are in Miami. And it's that idea of understanding you're not at the same level as the person next to you. And you never will be. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Right? And I tell myself still to this day, that's okay. As long as you continuously are beating at your craft mm-hmm. towards improving Totally. You know, there was a probably a six to eight month sprint where I wasn't watching YouTube, where I wasn't uh, looking at other videographers because I told myself I was getting caught up in my own head. Yep. But it's an understanding of are you learning or consuming? Mm-hmm. So when you look at something of someone, and this is massive, I and anything of anyone, whatever you do, there's a big difference between consuming and learning. This is, that's huge. Yeah. So you're so you're real. you watch something, and you as for me as a videographer, I watch movies now and I look at how they pan. Yeah, like the uh, it's coming. I don't know when you're launch this podcast, but it's a few days away from the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. season premiere, of the last season. Yep. And I'm, I was looking at episodes last night, and when I was watching it this time, I was watching how the videography is one of the top yep. shows in the world. Yep. And so what I was staring is like, what were they doing for transitions from one scene to the next? Yeah, and how it kept your attention, and how they consistently are stimulating your mind to go on to the next scene. It's not just a blank black screen and then goes on to the next. Right. You know, there was a scene specifically where, um, one of the, um, one, one of the characters, he was caught by this thing that turned his body into stone. And so they were carving into his skin mm-hmm. to remove it. And then the scene, you could even tell that jumped into it was someone who had a bowl of like potato mm-hmm. and it was on the top. It was burnt yeah. similar to his skin. And so they cracked it open. So you thought you were looking at the inside of wow. his skin when it just transitioned into another character having lunch. Wow. It's those little things yeah. that people don't think about of how one scene, it was like ending and it continued. It was pouring of a wine, very typical of game of Thrones. And then when they removed the glass cup, it was the next scene. Mm-hmm. So you thought you were it's somewhere amazing. Else. That consuming and learning idea i mean that is so wildly yeah. powerful because a lot of people bullshit themselves right about what they're doing i did it for a long time i was saying this is work like i know it sounds silly i was telling my parents i know it sounds silly me on instagram right now is work and and i had to catch myself and be really authentic with myself right i had to sit and look in the mirror and say what is this time for yeah i was there and i caught myself scrolling and i had to i had to go on instagram at one point and go through the pe- the people and things that I was following, yeah. and really go through what what of this is business. Yeah. And I started to realize like only sixty percent of it was. The other forty percent, I got caught watching like all, all these dumb videos or and you know something I do now instead of unfollowing, I mm-hmm. mute people, which is uh, 
whatever yeah. it is to support you to yeah. not be no, doing yeah, the, the swiping, consumption, that's yeah, great. If, if it's something that I feel is not educating me yep. to advance me in my personal life yeah. or with my business, what on social, what I do now, if, instead of unfollowing, yeah. uh, to any friend or anyone, you know, these people take it personal yep. if you unfollow yep. them. I'll just mute them, yeah. so I'll never see what they're posting. And and, and you yeah. can even have like a separate account. I mean, there's many ways to do it. Yeah. That's a great way to do it. Mute yeah. it. Have a separate account if you want to spend ten minutes a day scrolling through. But I caught myself on Instagram for two hours a day because I thought I was working. I was working forty five minutes of it, and it was not a a lying to myself thing. I didn't even realize it because I was consuming, and I thought consuming was the job, and consuming is not the job for me. That's my space is I, I'm supposed to be learning, looking at other fitness professionals, looking at the Gary V's, the ETs, the Tony Robbins, right. the Mel Robbins, looking yeah. at these people and what they create and learning from what they do right and what they do wrong in my eyes and creating what I want to create. So that is so huge. If you've spent a lot of time on Instagram pretending or whatever social media platform, pretending that you're learning or getting something done, if you're just consuming the whole time, you're wasting a lot of your days. And the most valuable thing we have is time and attention. Right. Yeah. Time and attention. So if you're giving your attention to Barstool Sports for like 17 videos Which a day, is okay. it's awesome. Yeah. I love Barstool. <laughs> Not going to lie. I love Barstool. And it's one of my guilty pleasures. But I set it aside. I'm like, okay, it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm going to bed in an hour. Let me take the next 10 minutes and goof off and just swipe through. Yeah. So you see a lot, like I now interact intentionally on Instagram rather than just fooling around and swiping and double clicking. So it's a very interesting concept, that learning versus consuming. Thanks for bringing that up. That's huge. So, um, all right, what else have we been talking about? What, so you do some crazy hours. So he does a lot of content stuff. He wakes up at 5 a.m. I mean, we did our content stuff many times very early, not many times, a few times very early in the morning, late at night. You're putting on a lot, of, a lot of hours and something you and I have similar is like when you're done, you see the shut off in your brain. Like yeah. <laughs> you're tired yeah. and it's not like tired, like I'm tired. If you're tired, you'll, yeah. you'll push through. But when yeah. you know it's like, okay, my job is done here, you shut down. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'll give you all the energy in the world for literally 36 hours straight. Right. But the second I realize like, okay, I don't need to be here anymore. Like I shut down. Right. What is it that keeps you fired up during those those stretches of like, I'm exhausted, but I got a job to do. Yeah. What is it? And I know you kind of touched on it, your family, right. You know, for, and I'll, I know yeah, for externally, me. I, I think, I think what you said is, it's good where I, I touched up on it with the family, but it's not, since they're not in my face, mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about it every 10 minutes. Yep. I think it's ultimately just, you know, I have, someone had contracted me personally, it's something I have to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that idea of like, I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for them. Right. It's yeah. because they've hired me to get a job done that they couldn't do themselves. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to sound perfect. There's been, I, I post, I don't, I'm not vulnerable enough, but there was a, a couple of weeks ago I had posted on my Instagram stories how there's been people I've made mad. You yeah. know, I've lost clients. I've totally. pissed off people. I've had people tell me I'm legit, quote, quote, unquote, the worst photographer they've ever met. Wow. It's just, you know, it is what it is. And I take everything to learn mm -hmm. as positive criticism. Be like, okay, if you don't like what I've done, what did I do wrong? So then I take that no to obviously never duplicate that again. Mm -hmm. You know, where did I go wrong? And I think that's where you learn the most is when you're sitting down 
and you read those messages or you hear those voicemails or you're on those phone calls and you take it. And, and I think that's where your, your growth happens exponentially where you say, okay, this is what I've done. I cannot do it again. Yep. If not, I'm going to get the same exact result. The second you believe that, that like authentically let that into your system, everything shifts. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell a story. I, and don't get upset with me. No, no, no. There was one time, I think it was the SMU thing where you said you were going to have something to me by a certain time. Yeah. And I texted him like three days after or something. It wasn't anything crazy. And I said, yo, Raj, where's this thing at? And his response was, I told you I was going to get it to you. You said, yeah. I'm going to get it to you. I was supposed to get it to you by Monday. It's Thursday. Not only am I giving you this done today or by tomorrow, whatever it was, I'm also going to add this, this, and this in. Yeah. And I want you to know I really apologize and I acknowledge that I told you. And yeah. you acknowledge the broken agreement. You said what you're like going forward that that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. And it hasn't. Anytime I've worked with you, you've been straight on time since that moment. It is such an ego-driven thing. Certainly when you're bold, the bold people are the ones who start a business, who are entrepreneurs, who are try things. Those bold people often have very large egos. Right. It's a really unique quality of yours. And I pride myself, in, and because I, I consciously try and do this every day, that your ego does not take a front seat in your life. Yeah, that no, moment happened yeah. and you were like, you know what? That I own yeah. that. I take it. And I'm, I can't make it up. I'm going right. to do everything I can to support you. And it won't happen again. Yeah. And then you honor that. Yeah. That's really admirable. I, I think it, thank admirable. you. But I think it's, you know, realizing, you know, ultimately that kind of what you said at the beginning, it's saying yes to so many things and understanding like there's only so much you could do in yeah. one day, right? Yeah. And there's actually a site that I'm using now where I'm creating a team online to, you know, double up on work, awesome. to hit those deadlines. And also you always want to make the client happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm reading a book now that talks about like client experience relationships mm-hmm. and how ultimately whoever hires you, you know, you're working for them, right? Mm-hmm. Forever. Let it be a month. Let it be a day. Let it be two hours. And that whatever you do, how you act and what you say is the experience that they give, right? Yep. They get, sorry. And that those are the moments they don't forget. Like mm-hmm. the work they'll remember. Yeah. But ultimately, the experience and the relationship of the conversations you have, you know, how you acted in those bad moments are the ones they always stay with them. Yeah. And I, again, I've made many mistakes. Like yeah. There's like, as you were saying that story, there was, I was thinking of like five other stories where yeah. as a content creator, I think that's the hardest thing is deadlines. Yep. Um, you know, creating it, but editing it, getting it done by a certain time and day is definitely, for me, it's like top three. And you buckle the fuck down. You don't like mess around i've seen it i watch you yeah, yeah. you finish the project and on the car ride or train home you've got your computer out and you're going to work it's not like you mess yeah. around you just take on a lot yeah you know yeah and i think that's the next step of growth that i'm ha- having mm-hmm. right now where <clears throat> it was that mix of you know i need to do this they're hiring me and saying okay it's okay if it's not me yep um i have someone in the same caliber of work um, meet the same expectations and just get it done, yeah. you know, and then that kind of, I don't know if that's ego, but understanding that I can't get it done and that, you know, if I, I want to take on more work yeah. that I need to create a team, yeah. you know, and, and that's something, it's truth is a battle that I'm having right now is like having those people around me. And, you know, when I send them out to places, the little things arriving on time mm-hmm. and, you know, having the conversations because I believe I'm I, because of my father, I'm very easygoing and I'm able to get along with anyone and everyone. Yeah, and so absolutely. while I do my jobs, like I'm 
talking to people while I'm video recording or I'm taking photos in between. I create conversations where I make people feel comfortable and that, you know, I want to push that onto the team I'm growing now that, you know, you're doing your job, but at the same time, like you're a person and yep. the people you're photographing, the people that, yep. you know, that hired you for the gig, you want to make them feel comfortable and you only do that through conversation. So if you show up with a bad attitude, you show up late or do anything, you know, that makes them feel uncomfortable, they're not going to be happy with the end result, even Absolutely. if it was a great video, yep. right? Because they're going to remember the two, three hours that you're with them and think to themselves, I'm never going to hire this team or this group again. And so it's delivering like the best service and remembering that there's only so much you could do in one day. Yeah. And that if there comes to a point, which is a blessing that you have so much work is that you start delegating work. Yeah. Um, but you, like myself, know it's easier said than done. It's, like, it's a constant, constant battle. Because nobody can get your stuff done better than you can. Right. It's just yeah, a that's, that's what you tell yourself, right? At, absolutely is what yeah. I was just and about I still, to say. And, and, that's I tr- what is in and our to head. a part, a part of me still feels that way yeah. where I see certain things and I'm like, I would have done this. Right. I would have done that. But then taking a step back and being like, okay, it's a good video. Yeah. I'm happy with the result. Mm-hmm. Just you know, let it go and move on to the next. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's, a, it's an interesting concept, the idea of handing over certain responsibilities, but you can't grow a business to the level of super success without obviously being able to delegate. And that's, that's a whole nother art in itself, delegating jobs. I mean, it's really powerful. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's a really, really powerful thing to, to lock into this idea of being personal with people, certainly when your job is a personal one. And I know for me in my training experience, there are times when there were a lot of trainers on the floor who were more knowledgeable about fitness than me and I was getting my clients and their clients 10 times over and the reason that was happening was because of the connection I created now not every business is a personal connection business but I would challenge and I would say there's plenty of studies that say your emotional intelligence is a much greater uh, reader of success, right. can, can judge success before it happens. Well, well, farther than an IQ. That was a mess how I just said that. IQ is not, cannot as powerfully tell you the possibility of you being successful. Emotional intelligence will give you more of a reading of if someone's going to be successful in the workplace. Right. And I think it's because we are humans and we work on human connection. Like yeah. People want to work with Roger again I remember the first, uh, you were in my apartment after the SMU thing. It was the first time Maggie had met you. Okay. And she said, oh, God, we got to work more with Roger. Maggie works for me now. She said, we got to work more with Roger. He's awesome. That's awesome. And it didn't, she didn't even see the content you put out yet. Yeah. But like she yeah. knew that that's a guy. And I think that that has so much to be said. People think, like you said it before, you mentioned it, the nice guy does like you can get run over or you'll lose opportunities or people take advantage of you yes and bottom line is if you're a good person you'll find your way to the space that you want to find your space and i think that it's great that you brought that up again because there were moments i would tell you in business i was so nice and i I got taken advantage of Mm -hmm. because i wanted to be the nice person yeah and I think it's understanding there's there's a nice side and then there's a business side totally and that you, you I don't you shouldn't change who you are ever but you need to understand how you do what you do yep. right so you can't go into something this is like a business 101 for anyone listening never go into a project without understanding what is needed mm-hmm. what is wanted by the client what is the price for the service that you're going to do yep. and when is the deadline yep. right so you get those across the board business stuff, so the expectations there, 
the money that's requested is there. The deadline is there. And so then now you go into the project knowing I have to do X, Y, and Z. What about in the beginning? Like, because I remember personal training, and I'm sure you can attest to this. Right. When I was first starting, not only did I not name what the price would be, I actually told my friends, yo, I'll buy you lunch if you come train with me. Just yeah. because I wanted to get the time right. in the game, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then eventually it got to a point where like, be, then I realized, okay, I don't know when that shift happened, but I realized I'm worth something. Yeah. And, and that became yeah. true to me and real to me. Truth be told, I still do that. Yeah. Like I still, there, there's someone that I still work with personally that he, the amount of value he brings with the understanding of like networking and, you know, what he's doing and who I want to be surrounded by. Like I'm, I feel like my work is as valuable as who he's putting me around. Yeah. Right. And that, that, that stuff you can't put a number on. Yeah. Right. Like obviously you have to cover yourself. Yeah. You know, but I'm willing, I'm that type of person, honestly, bare minimum. Yep. I'm okay with, you know, having barely anything mm -hmm. and just getting around and being around the people I need to be around. Yeah. Because I, I'm thinking into the future. Like I'm constantly, I, I don't think about today. I don't think about tomorrow. You know, I have a couple of weeks sometimes planned out, but the whole vision for me is like, where, where am I pushing to be? Right. Right. So if I'm, there's. I'm pretty sure it was Ty Lopez. Um, it was a 33% rule. Like you want to be 33% of people you surround yourself with need to be like 20 and older. The next 33 need to be within your circle. And the last 33 are people that you need to be surrounded by. They need you in their life right. to be a leader or mentor. And that rule I'm really trying to stick with because if you constantly are surrounded by the, like, the lower level, and by lower I just mean people that, you know, we're all on different brackets of knowledge and understanding of yeah, experience so, and exactly experiences yeah. and so if i'm surrounded by people who just started yeah. i can't ask them questions yeah. i can't grow because i've already gone through what they're going through yeah. or still looking to go through and i can't grow as a person and be the person i need to be for them if i'm hanging around them right and then there's the people your circle they say you're five that are constantly pushing you to go into that next thing to grow and then there's the people that are 20, 30 years of experience that have seen it all, done it all, and created businesses who kind of not push you down, but constantly challenge you to yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, how are you growing to be there? Like, how are you able to manage X, Y, and Z? Because they're doing it or have already done it, right? Yeah. And so when you have that 33% rule, I think that's when you start to gauge where you are yeah. and, you know, like where you need to be. Well, like, when you're missing any of them, you can struggle a lot. Yeah. So like, I know that, if I don't have my, my dad is the number one, I don't want to say critic because it's always out of love and to push me to the next level, but I'll tell him like, Hey, I did this great. And his response will be like, okay, what's next? And, and he's proud of me, right. it, but he just, he just knows how capable I am and what yeah. I can achieve. So he's just not cool with like being kind of like, okay, that's pretty good. So he's the pusher. Right. I also have, I have a talking about fulfillment like what fills me up is coaching and leading and guiding others so i have a team now that i've created and certainly like dakota who i work with is a kid that came to me and you know i'm watching him become a freaking man like yeah. he's learning not from me this is through coaching he's my he works for me oh, okay he's my media guy oh, okay he, and he's the greatest kid and he's just learning and learning and learning. And, he, and every time I talk to him, our discussions have more um, uh, consistency. Okay. Like there's just more meaning, more consistency with every time I talk to him because he's like a sponge. Yeah. He's taking in every moment. And then 
I have the people in my space like you who like we're fighting the good fight together right and you're pushing me I'm pushing you and we're motivating each other I call Frankie on the reg I called him four times this week he's been in a fire every time yeah. he's also a firefighter yeah so uh, on his off time yeah so like it's crazy the stuff we do to get I mean it's wildly important to check your surroundings like seriously if you are not getting people who are challenging you a lot of people don't feel comfortable having people say yeah you can do better or what are you doing to get better yeah i had you know one person in my life that was very consistent in that Mm -hmm. of you know the more the more the more is my sister yeah so i i had a shift too so growing up when i was in college like growing up meaning i still am always am yeah but when i transitioned from high school into college my sister constantly challenged me, like, what internship are you doing? What jobs are you doing? What clubs are you in? Yeah. And me, immaturely, would be like, leave me alone. Like, right, why right, Why do right. you have to always constantly ask what I'm doing? Yeah. You know, why, do, why do I have to get an internship? And then now, you know, realizing it was like, she just knew I had, I, I could do more. Right? She there, saw your capabilities. Yeah, she, she knew yeah. it before I did. Yeah. I, I, my junior year, there was, fun fact, I was the junior of fall. I was a babysitter. Mm-hmm. I was a waiter, so I would babysit Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then I was a waiter at a, a restaurant mm-hmm. on Tuesdays and Thursdays, simultaneously going to school full-time, yeah. and then if I really wanted to, late evenings, I worked at Iona College Admissions and make phone calls, yeah. and I was still a part of a fraternity, so we did like activities throughout the school yep. and then socially, yep. and so when I was doing all that, my sister was like, hey, like that's great, but like why are you waitering? Yeah. You're in college. Do you need to be at a restaurant? You know, not saying that's bad, but the expectation of me studying business, of her questioning like, hey, why don't you get an internship with that time? Why don't you work for a big business company in the city, a Fortune 500 company? You know, why don't you put yourself in what you're studying? Yeah. Which I definitely agreed with. But at the time, my whole thing was just like make quick money, make quick cash, you yeah, know, you make, make money to survive, right? And I always viewed it negatively. And it wasn't until after everything like now where I realized like she just saw something in me that I didn't. Mm -hmm. She knew I was meant for more. Yeah. You know, I still believe that like I'm here for a greater purpose more than myself and that I need to step up and work hard and be the man I'm supposed to be because there's people that need me that I may not know yet, especially my own family that there's nothing saying like, Hey, like I'm waiting for Roger to make big money or, you know, for, for him to do something great. But no, it's, it's for me, I feel like I, I have that in me now where I know what I'm doing. I need to be able to support other people around me. So this is a, this is a and then we got to end because I want to I tap it out here. But this is a phenomenal way to finish. I'm catching a theme from when your sister is telling you, or you just said to me, she saw more in me than I saw in myself. Right. Then you met Frankie. Yeah. Same situation. Right. He saw more in you than you saw in yourself. I think a lot of us have those people in our lives that are those beaming lights for us that, that open up darkness to light in ways that we couldn't even see. And the only reason, and this is what I acknowledge you for right now, the, the only reason that happened is because you were open to seeing it. And there, there was a shift somewhere in there in your ways of being where you went from, no, this is the way it is. No, I got to make this quick money. You know, I got to do this. And something clicked. And it's always easier in hindsight, but something clicked where Roger said, nah, like there's something more. Right. There's just something, there's a reason why my sister's pushing me to go talk to these people and go get yeah. in that space. There's a reason why Frankie says, no, just keep trying it. Do this. I want you in on 
this business. Right. Let's go. There's something there. And that gets to happen all of our lives. So we all have that. There's potential sitting there. And sometimes we get to be that light that your sister was, that Frankie was for ourselves. Yeah. Sometimes you've just got to be present with your situation and say, I'm capable of so much more. Yeah. I'm capable of so much more. And then once you believe that and you see it, you can start to make the transition to, to actually start to take action towards it. You know? And I think the difference between people who are wildly successful and people who are just kind of going through the motions, the one biggest thing, and I've coined it the ABC method, they act boldly consistently. I they, love that. They act boldly. They do things. Did you make that up? All, I did. I, I like swear. That. I, I, I swear, Mom, I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's I, I like acting that. boldly consistently. put that on a shirt. I'm going to do it. The ABC yeah. method by Nick Pax. It is, it is wild that I think the biggest difference is just that people go all in and they don't go all in and then like call their mom and tell everybody about it and then never do it again. They go all in and then tomorrow they wake up and they're like, I'm exhausted from going all in and I'm going to go all in again. And they do it for days and weeks and months and sometimes years. And those are the people crazy enough to create what they want to create. So I want you to leave us with the name of the show is Let's Go. And by the end of the show, I love when people hang up and they're like fired. They're like, let's go. I'm fired up. So if you could give us one little blur, it could be something you talked about already or just one little word of wisdom or something to let's go people up. Gotcha. You got one, one tool. Consistent, consistently say yes to things that make you feel uncomfortable. Love that. That's just true and told true to who I am and what I've been able to do is that there was never a moment that I knew what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. It was things that through trial and error, multiple internships, multiple jobs that I I was, I'm very fortunate enough to say, I love what I do. Mm -hmm. I love the people that I work with. Mm -hmm. I'm incredibly thankful for every single person that I've been able to work with who has trusted me with their time and their money. And it was always because I was uncomfortable and by doing things that made me feel uncomfortable is that I was able to found, find myself in, in what I love to do. And your power and your being as an outsider looking at you comes from that gratitude. It resonates in your voice. It resonates in the way you act around people, the way Thanks. you hug people. Hello. It's so real. And we got a whole nother podcast on discussion with gratitude. But the truth is when you live in a space of gratitude for whatever the moment is, I believe that it can take you to wild heights and you can do incredible things. And I think you're, you're a man who lives by that. So I acknowledge thank you for you. that. I want to thank you for being on the show, brother. Oh, man. Thank you. Love you, brother. Let's go. Let's go. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you all next time. Yo, fam. I want to acknowledge you today for taking leaps and bounds towards a more epic life. Your support and attention is so greatly appreciated and I never take it for granted. Thank you so much for listening. I would love if you would continue to be a part of the Nick Pags Fit fam. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and I'll see y'all on the next episode.